We are on Exubis Yud Aleph Omebez 11b2 in the Archul Gemara in the second column, the top of the second column. Um, and in the last class, we discussed uh, the, the the situation of a Mukas Eitz, of a, a wife who um, doesn't have the Basulim, doesn't have the, the Hymen. Uh, because of an external source which removed it. And the discussion between Rav Meir and the Chachamim as to whether or not do we do we say that uh, her ksuba, the amount for her ksuba should go down or should it not go down. We know that in general if uh, she is a virgin, if it's her first marriage, so then uh, she receives the amount of 200. And if it's her second marriage, if she's not a virgin, if she receives 100, and there's a dispute what happens if it's a situation where she loses her hymen, but not because uh, through the act of sexual relations, but she loses it just through mukasate, through some external source, a piece of wood uh, that removes the hymen. So that, that was the whole discussion from last time. Now, uh, for, this, uh, for the next few lines of the Gemara, the Gemara will be discussing not about how much they receive for the Ksuba, but what would happen in the following scenario? We know that in the following scenario where, let's say she had sexual relations before the marriage and the husband didn't know about it at all. He didn't know about it and then he only finds out after uh, after they get married. So that's something that we refer to as a mekach ta'os. So then it's an invalid marriage because it was based on certain assumptions of important information uh, for him to know whether or not his wife had sexual relations or not. So that's important information. He was uh, misguided. He didn't really un- uh, know really what was happening. And as such, he got married under a false pretext. And so therefore, uh, when they get divorced, so he does not have <coughs> excuse me, he does not have to pay the Ksuba at all. He doesn't have to pay anything because the whole point of the Ksuba was under certain assumptions. Those assumptions were incorrect. He does not have to pay anything. The question then becomes, okay, that's that's clear in that case where she has sexual relations before the marriage. What happens in a situation where she's a mukasate, where she loses her hymen, the husband doesn't know about it, it's not through sexual, it's not through the sexual act, but it's through some other external outside source. So, what's the law? Do we view this also as a mekachtos, as an invalid uh, ksuba, and so therefore he doesn't have to pay anything, or do we say that no, it is valid, and therefore um, he would still have to pay either 200 or 100, depending on whatever whichever opinion you go by. But what we're discussing now, the reason why this is different than the last discussion is because this discussion is all about what would happen in a scenario where he doesn't even know about it. At least before we were discussing, uh, he knows about it, but how much does she get for it? Now we're discussing he doesn't even know about it. So the top of the Gemara says, If he didn't know about it at this stage of the Gemara, the Gemara says that if he didn't know about it, so then it's comparable to her having sexual relations before the marriage and him not knowing about it, where it's invalid. It's an invalid ksuba, and therefore she would receive absolutely nothing in such a scenario where he doesn't know about it. Now, the Gemara will change opinions. In fact, we'll have uh, at different times different uh, conclusions. In the end of the day, in the end of the day, we will say that when it comes to a mukas eitz, when it comes to this scenario, that even if he doesn't know about it, it doesn't, it, it, it does not invalidate it. It, it. She receives the same amount, even if he thought that she um, was a basula, that she had the hymen, 
And it come it turns out that she didn't have it, but not because of the act of sexual relations, but it was because um, of mukasets, because of some external source which which removed it. So according to the Rabbanan, she still receives one hundred because that's the amount that she should get uh, as a mukaset. According to her mayor, she should still receive two hundred. That will be the conclusion. That will be the very end. But we have a ways to go till we get to that conclusion. But I figured. At this stage of the Gemara, it sounds like it's completely invalid. The truth is, is that that's not going to be the conclusion. And really, it is completely valid. And either she receives 200 or 100, depending on whether you follow the position of Rameir or you follow the position of the Chachamim. So let's see the Gemara and how the Gemara gets to there. Masiv Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman challenges this idea from the following Mishnah. It's a Mishnah that we will get up to very soon. He omeris mukatsetani, vuhu omer lokele jusasishat. What happens if you have the following dispute? And the back and forth and who we believe is not really something that we're going to focus on, but it's just the end result. And what that proves with regards to our discussion, basically she says uh, that I had, um, the hymen was removed before we got married based on some uh, injury, based on something which, uh, you know, uh, pushed into the vaginal area. He says, no, it's not true. It's not true. Rather, you had sexual relations. So we believe her. For whatever reason, we believe her. But the point is, what does it mean that she's believed? Believing her mean, would imply that he never knew about it. They got married and he never knew about it. And yet we believe her, meaning she still receives something. Doesn't that imply that she actually receives something? It goes against what we just said. We just said the Gemara at a certain stage, at the previous stage, uh, said that if the husband doesn't know about it, so then she should get nothing. But she should get something. Because we believe her. If we believe her, we believe her for her to receive something. This implies that she does get something. So El Amarava. So Rava now changes. And he says as follows. Essentially, that we have a double at this stage of the Gemara. Again, the Gemara is going to back out of this. But at this stage of the Gemara, there's a double dispute between Rameir and the rabbis. Dispute number one is let's say the husband did know about it. How much should such a person receive? Ramirez says, still the same 200. The Chacham say 100. With regards to that case of the Mukasets. That's if the husband knew about it. If the husband did not know about it, so then there's a, there's the question of, well, um, is this a big enough deal that it will invalidate the Ksuba? Ramirez says, no. She still receives 200. And the rabbis say that she shouldn't get anything. She shouldn't get anything. There, these these two disputes could be linked because according to the rabbis, um, if because in a case where he knew about it, it goes down in value, the, the ksuba goes down in value, so we see that it has a high degree of importance. So if he doesn't know about it, so then maybe it should invalidate the ksuba. So there could be some connection, but it ends up being a double. There are, they're arguing about two different things. Okay, that's at that stage of the Gemara. But the Gemara then notes the Hadrbe Rava, but really Rava retracts from that as well, and so we're gonna we're gonna end up leading after a long discussion. We're gonna lead to the conclusion that according to Rava, according to everybody, whether you hold like her mayor or whether you hold like the Rabbanan, she should still receive how much she deserves as a mukasets, as this person who is a mukasets, as this wife who uh, was in the situation where she was injured from before uh, the marriage in the vaginal area and therefore removed the hymen, so. Um, according to her mayor, she should receive 200. According to the Rabbanan, she should receive 100. We don't view this as an invalid ksuba. That's really the main point. And that will be the con- <laughs> excuse me, the conclusion for Rava. How do we get there? 
So now we have a long discussion. So let's get let's see how we get there. Detanya. It was taught in a brisa. We have the following brisa. Again, all of this is going to be background to the actual conclusion. So Kesar Hotsas Shimra. So we're now turning to eleven B three in the article of Gemara. What is a case of defamation where uh, they accuse the wife of um, of something? So If they come to court and they say that uh, your daughter, I meaning they're talking to the to the father of the wife, they say your daughter didn't have um, uh, didn't have the hymen. So if there are witnesses that say, see that uh, she committed adultery, that she has sexual relations during the halachic engagement, during that year, says the b'risa, so she only receives 100. The Gemara is going to interject and say, what? What do you mean receives 100? They have to get divorced. Uh, and she and she, and she she gets the death penalty if there are witnesses. What do you mean? Why are you telling me that that uh, she still receives money, She's, she gets the death penalty if there are witnesses. So the Gemara changes it and says, no, this is really what it means. It depends. If it was during the year of engagement, so then she gets the death penalty. But if there are witnesses that say that she had sexual relations before the marriage, she still gets 100. She still could get 100. We won't, basically, we don't view it as an invalid ksuba. Uh, based on uh, false assumptions. No, it, the, 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 it was based on false assumptions, but it's not significant enough for us to say that it's totally invalid. It's not true. She still gets 100. Okay, that is based on the b'risa. Now, we have another discussion. Basically, what we just said, that in a situation where she has sexual relations before the marriage, it seems to imply she still receives something. It's not totally invalid. She still receives a hundred. We question this. He asks that we have the following Mishnah where she claims, it's coming up soon, she claims that uh, she was raped after the engagement. He claims that no, everything happened before the engagement, and therefore uh, I didn't know about what happened, and therefore it's a mekachtaos, it's an invalid ksuba, and therefore you shouldn't get anything. So what do we see from here? We see very clearly that if anything happened before the marriage, if she has sexual relations before the marriage, that invalidates the ksuba entirely, entirely. Uh, so how could you tell me earlier that she still receives 100? It should invalidate it entirely. So the Gemara actually rejects the entire question. But Amr Luhu Rav Chia Bar Avin. Efsher of Amr Mcholgadil Ador Yasvi Kiyam Rav Sheshes Lahishmaisa. Is it possible that all the great rabbis listen to Rav Sheshes say that she should still receive one hundred and keep quiet? Vikashu Luhu. So they asked him. They of course they asked him about uh, your point, Rav Nachman, and Vishani, and Rav Sheshes responded, "My mekachtos nami masayim avamana isla, but Amr Slesla Klal." You, Rav Nachman, thought that when it makes it invalid, it brings it down to zero. No, it doesn't bring it down to zero. The whole point is that it's invalid in the sense that it's brought down from 200 to 100. And that's really what Rav Sheshis meant. So Rav Sheshis, who said that it goes from 200 to 100, and then Rav Nachman quotes um, a mission which seems to imply that 
um, it's a mechachtal that it's invalid. True, it's invalid, but it should still be 100. Let's keep it at 100. That is what the Gemara says until now. However, Rava comes now, Rava, now he defends Rav Nachman who says you should get nothing, which is really what this is all leading to. We all care, we want to know what Rava's position is. He says, no, Rav Nachman makes sense. When we say that it's an invalid ksuba, it means totally invalid. Zero. She shouldn't get anything. But then why, what do you do with the b'risa above, which seems to imply that she should get 100? This is what it means to say. There are three levels, there's different levels. If there are witnesses that she had sexual relations during the marriage, death penalty. If she had sexual relations before the marriage, so that's an invalid ksuba, she gets she gets zero. But but if she's a mukas eights, if she didn't have sexual relations before the marriage, but some injury led to the removal of the hymen, so then she gets 100, and that is the position of Rava. That seems to be the position of Rava, and that's why we're saying all this. Um, we're saying all of this uh, to prove to us that Rava really holds that whether you hold like Rameir or you hold like the Rabbanon, um, it's never, if it's a case of Mukasait, it never goes down to zero. It either stays at 200 or goes down to 100. And this is what the Gemara concludes. Rava earlier said that according to the Rabbanon, it should go down to zero. But that's not true. Rava is not saying that now. Rava is saying that. If the husband knew about it, again, what we said in the beginning, if the husband knew about it, so then there's a dispute, 200 or 100. And even if he didn't know about it, it is not significant enough uh, for us to invalidate it. The only time it gets invalidated is if she actually has sexual relations before the marriage, but not if it's a case of Mukas 8. And that is the conclusion of the Gemara according to Rava. Okay, the Gemara now continues. We are on 11b4 in the second column, and the Gemara now continues on with a slightly new discussion. Tanurabanan, it is taught in the Brisa. Kanasa Rishon Lushum Nisuin, Vyeshla Edim Shalunistura, Inaministura Velosha Sakidebia, Inashini Yachaliton, Tainas Pusulum, Shari Kansarishan. Let's say we have a case where the wife gets married, first marriage, right? And they get married for the first marriage, but there are witnesses that say that they never were secluded. They were never alone. And even if they were alone, they never never for such a long time period for them to have sexual relations. So even so, let's say that she then gets divorced right away, so they were never, never alone. Even so, when she gets married to her second husband, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, the second husband cannot still cannot pay her two hundred, um, has to pay her one hundred, and um, cannot claim that that she should have been a virgin. And the, the idea behind this, according to the Jerusalem Talmud, which is stated by some of the earlier commentators, like the Ramban is that it really, ultimately, it's not about whether or not she's a virgin. Really, ultimately, it's about whether or not, there are multiple factors, but one of the factors is that whether or not she was previously married. Here, she was previously married. So even though witnesses come and say that uh, she never had sexual relations, it doesn't matter. When she gets married the next time, it goes down from 200 to 100 because the way uh, the Jerusalem Talmud says it is that she lost her chen. She lost her her chen, her... Uh, um, uniqueness or the her appearance uh that 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 nice appearance she she loses that and so therefore it goes down from 200 to 100 even though all she did was get married she never had sexual relations with him she didn't have time then the husband let's say died um or they got divorced right away um and that is 
Um, and that is what, what is stated. Now comes Rabbah in 12a1. We're moving on to 12a1. Yedbezim and Aleph. Amar Rabbah in the first column, Rabbah says, Zosomeris, based on that b'risa, that we just had, the b'risa's notes from the time periods of the Mishnah, Kanta b'chasa b'sula v'nim tizbu'ula yesh suba mana. He says, ah, what do we, what do we see from here? Says Rabbah, we see from here that, ah, the husband, the second husband thinks that she's a virgin. Because that's what the witnesses said. Ends up being kind of a situation where she's not. So she still receives 100. We still see that she still receives 100. It doesn't go down to zero, which is against Rava, the position that we had Rava earlier. So there's a dispute here between Rava and Rava. They sound very similar, but it's Rava. Rava says that it's not an invalid Ksuba. They should get whatever they deserve, either 200 or 100. Uh, Rava says that, no, we can make an inference from this price, huh? that uh, he's thinking that she's a basula, she's a virgin, ends up being that she's not, and yet she still receives 100. So she still should, should, she should still receive 100. Rav Ashi argues, Rav Ashi, Amr, no. No. In general, I would tell you that no, she receives nothing because he didn't know about it. But in this case, he knew that she was previously married. He thought that she didn't have sexual relations, but he knew that she was previously married. Just the fact that he knew that she was previously married means that it's not an invalid ksuba. It could be an invalid ksuba at other times, but here it's not an invalid ksuba, and therefore she should receive 100 because the husband should have realized that she was previously married. So asks the Gemara an interesting next question. So what do we have here? Asks the Gemara interesting question. We have here a case where she gets married the first time. But the witnesses say that she can never have had sexual relations. She was never secluded with the first husband. Even if she was, it wasn't for long enough time to have sexual relations. So we should assume that she's a basula, that she's a virgin, even though it was her first marriage. Now she comes and she marries somebody else. In that marriage, he doesn't find the dam basulam, the blood of the hymen. Okay? So she, he doesn't find the blood. Um, so why aren't we concerned? We should once again be concerned that... Maybe she had sexual relations between the engagement and the marriage itself. Why aren't we concerned? Uh, because what's the situation here? There are witnesses that basically told us that she was a virgin. And now we find out that she's not. So, okay, fine. You'll tell me that she should receive 100. Fine. But at the end of the day, this itself should prove to us that she committed adultery during the engagement. Um, so this goes back to our whole previous discussion that we've had a few days ago. Uh, a few weeks ago, sorry. Um, about uh, what happens if you don't uh, you, if you don't find the blood or you find that, that there's an opening pesach pasuach, so there's all these uh, questions. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's not really that she had sexual relations uh, and had an affair during the engagement. Um, so, however way we dealt with that earlier, we'll deal with it the same way, but it's the same discussion. So, Amar of Misharshia, kagon chikideshu bal alter. The way we could explain it. To say that we're not concerned that she committed adultery is to say that um, she had sexual relations right after she was engaged. She was engaged and then uh, she had sexual relations. So everybody saw her and there was no time period during the engagement where she could have had sexual relations with somebody else. There was just no time period for that. So there's no concern that she committed adultery because uh, everybody saw that she she was always with him until... The actual marriage from the point in time of the engagement till the actual marriage, they were always together. They were never separated, and so as such, um, 
There is no concern that she committed adultery. We're going to have now the same exact back and forth. The same exact back and forth, just instead of it being on the price that we just saw, but it's really going to be on our last Mishnah. They ask it on the Mishnah. That what? So our mission said that you could have a case of a basula, a virgin from marriage. How do you ever have a case of virgin from marriage? It means that she got married, but they never had sexual relations. And yet, in her next marriage, she receives a hundred. So Omar Rabbah, makes the same inference that we had earlier. Same exact back and forth. That what? You know, uh, we have a case here where um, she didn't have sexual she didn't have sexual relations. So the husband now thinks that she's a virgin. Ends up being they have you know after the first night he realizes that she's not a virgin, and yet she should still receive one hundred for the ksuba. That seems to be a proof from here. Ravashi has the same rejection. Ravashi Amr no no really in general she should have nothing. Because it's an invalid suba. But what's the difference here? Here, the husband, the second husband knows that she was married before, even if they never had sexual relations. But he knew that she was married. Therefore, um, therefore he knew about it. So it's not an invalid suba. It stays at 100. Asks the Gemara the same exact question. Why are we concerned that if we find out that she really had sexual relations, that she committed adultery during that year? Same answer, that no. With her second husband, she was engaged and stayed with him the whole time, didn't leave him, we have witnesses to it, until they actually had sexual relations. So there's no concern of her committing uh, adultery. Same same exact uh, back and forth. In fact, today, that's what we have today. Today there's uh, very little time between the engagement and the actual marriage. None of this, none of these Gemaras are really practical uh, in the sense of, of a direct uh, practical uh, conclusion because today uh, everybody sees her from the engagement to the marriage, and there's no concern that she committed adultery during that time period, because the whole time period anyways today takes five minutes. But it concludes the Gemara, and what this will conclude, and says, why do we have this repetitive, or this whole back and forth is repetitive? Once it's on the Brisa, once it's on the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, brisa, If you already had this whole back and forth on the Brisa, so then certainly you'll have the same exact back and forth on the Mishnah. However, but if you have this whole back and forth with regards to the Mishnah, so then you can make the following claim when it comes to the Brisa, Mishim Dematsi Amrla Anna Aedim Samchi. You could claim for the Brisa, you can make the following claim that the groom should not have to pay anything. Shouldn't have to pay anything. Rav Ashi is wrong. Why shouldn't he have to pay anything? Because he's relying on witnesses. There are actual witnesses who say that she never had sexual relations. And so therefore he's relying on the witnesses. In the case of the Mishnah, there are no witnesses. It doesn't say there are witnesses. We just know that they never, we, we know that they never had sexual relations. Uh, they're told, it's told to us. Um, but in the Brisa where there's actual witnesses, then I could potentially make the claim and say, uh, at least the groom can make the claim and say that I'm relying on the witnesses. The witnesses said that she uh, is still a virgin. And so therefore I should really, it should really be an invalid suba. Uh, and we should prove from here that an invalid suba receives 100. Um, so it depends on when you're asking from. If you're asking from the Brisa, so then to then have the same exact back and forth on the Mishnah makes sense. However, if you have it from the Mishnah, the Brisa is a slightly different case because in that case there are actual witnesses. Um, and if there are witnesses to the fact that she's a virgin, so then maybe you'll say uh, that it's a slightly different case than the Mishnah.
Okay, this concludes the Gemara from Yud Aleph and Beis from 11b till Yud Beis and Aleph. We're up to a new Mishnah, uh, and we'll begin that next Mishnah in the next recording.